0: Hello, hello, and welcome to The Unsackable Podcast. Today, we have gotten rid of Manuel, and I will be your host today, Filippo Silva. And I'm joined by Adrian Sosa from Rabona TV. Adrian, how are we doing today?
1: Doing great, man. Doing great. It was a very, very wild week in the Champions League, which I cannot wait to sink my teeth into. But also, I know that we've spoken about a little bit how this next World Cup is not really hyped. But for us content creators, it is kind of becoming that time where we start to talk about it a little bit more, we start to plan our content. So I am starting to look forward to that a little bit. But we have something planned for our World Cup coverage that we won't really get into. Right, Filippo?
0: Yeah, we're not going to get into details. But what we can tell you all is that if you want to be that guy that's sitting with your family at dinner, and you want to know a little bit about every single national team, we got you covered the next few weeks, you're going to see a few episodes here and there about all the groups, all the teams and we're not going to go much more into detail, but you're going to be that family soccer expert. And Josh, what about yourself?
2: How are you doing this morning? I'm doing pretty well. Just uh, basically uh, played with, uh, I don't want to give any free sponsorships away, but I, I did trim my beard um, and uh, that's why I was, I was just a touch late for the podcast, but I made it on time. I made it unlike, unlike manual, but I'm excited as well. A lot of big stories around the Champions League and uh, excited to chat with it and break it down with you guys.
0: And we're looking forward to that because there's a lot to talk about today. The Champions League, Endrick, the 16-year-old that we've been talking about for a while, uh, finally is starting to break out and big clubs are coming after him. We'll talk about that as well. And we'll close today's episode with the MLS playoffs or the conference finals and the games that preceded it that we watched over the weekend. But why don't we start the Champions League, age? And I think it's... well. We'll start with Barcelona. We'll start with Barcelona. They are out of the Champions League once again. Two years in a row in the Europa League. And last season, it wasn't that big of a surprise because they were just terrible. But in this offseason, there was hope for Barcelona. And I'm going to actually call myself out right here because I had them as one of the Champions League contenders. (laughs) I actually thought they could battle for the Champions League after all those signings. So much money, so much debt. Lewandowski arrived and here we are they're back to the Europa League
1: yeah I mean I don't know if I had them as a contender but it was one of those things where you could see if everything goes right with all these new signings if Xavi starts to you know continue on this good trajectory of becoming a more legitimate tactical mastermind at Barcelona you could see how with that squad they could definitely challenge some of the top teams but it really hasn't gone right and I think that You know, this is something I tweeted. They really have sort of found their level with the last two years. I mean, last year, we'll give them a pass a little bit because they had Ronald Koeman and he just wasn't doing very well at all at FC Barcelona. And that really didn't help them as far as getting past Bayern for one. And even Benfica, who wasn't having a great season last season. But this season, once again, they're put into a pretty difficult group. And once again, they sort of crumble against the top teams. They cannot find an answer against teams like Bayern or Inter. Or domestically against Real Madrid. So every single time they come up against these teams, they're second best. And unfortunately for them, well, getting into a decent group, you know, Inter or no slouches. Even though they started pretty poorly in Serie A, they have found their way. So a lot of credit to Inzaghi there. Barcelona definitely have an issue. Now there's going to be so many questions asked of... Was it worth it with all these levers to give away so much of the club? And, you know, now it's sort of in jeopardy and they're going to have to pull even more financial levers because they won't be able to cover losses. They have, you know, the uh, I think it's called a spy Camp new, basically the renovation of Camp New coming up. That's going to be costing them a ton of money. They have all these player transfer fees that they have to pay back, like Coutinho, Neto, um, even Pjanic, etc. They have about 100 million in transfer fees to pay back. They have deferred wages to pay back. So they're a little bit of a mess. They're really not out of the woods yet, Filippo.
0: Yeah, and then I want to bring Josh here because he definitely follows the Bundesliga more than we do. And and I think Lewandowski is still a Bundesliga-relevant topic. Do you think there's any regret? He wanted to leave Bayern, and Bayern are definitely a contender in the Champions League as always. They're probably going to win the Bundesliga. And then he goes to Barcelona, Josh, and I don't think things are going as he
2: wanted. I, I mean, like, it depends how you're looking at it. He wanted out of the club badly. He made that very clear. He wanted a new challenge. He's won everything that there was to basically win with Bayern. He liked the project that wasn't put in front of him with Barcelona, obviously with all the, the new players coming in, like Xavi coming in as well. Like it looked like a, a decent opportunity for him. And to be fair, like in the league, they're in second place right now. I mean, they are already a little bit behind Real Madrid. I think Madrid's like 10-1-0 right now. Like an incredible start, but Lewandowski is lighting up league or La Liga right now and he's scoring a ton of goals. He looks very, very good. Barcelona do look good in league play, but at the end of the day, after coming off the shock of last season when they went to the Europa League, to do it again with this 10, 10 15 times better squad. And like Adrian said, they gave up, they mortgaged their future to try to win now. And the fact that they're still crashing out in just such incredible style to the Europa League, it's got to be pretty gut-wrenching for Lewandowski. But at the same time, I think he's too proud of a man. He's got he's got a pretty decent sized ego as well. I mean, I don't know if you guys have seen his his TikToks, but I mean, very confident man. I don't think he's gonna let it known that he is basically regretting this. I think that just like Shav, like Shabby is gonna try to do, get the guys going, try to go on and, and win the Europa League, something that they didn't achieve last season and keep competing in La Liga and try to go obviously for the title, at least top two. But yeah, I mean, it already kind of seems like their seasons unraveling a little bit, which uh kind of starts I think started I mean the two Madrid the two games against uh inter obviously were important and then that loss against Madrid I think it's kind of solidified like this could be another very average season for them.
0: I mean there's gotta be some regret, don't you think? Uh along with the fact that Thomas Miller keeps trolling him every single time, every single opportunity he gets at this point. I don't know, man. I thought it was—it looked like an interesting option for Lewandowski uh, when it happened, and you talked about it. They—they—they they, they showed him a very good project in terms of ambition. They made the signings. They spent money. Well, they actually have no problem spending money, right? They just—I don't know what they do. They just get debt at this point. But anyhow, um, Adrian, do you have any thoughts on Lewandowski, or should I move on to the other Spanish giants? And that's not Real Madrid; it's Atletico. Anything you want to add to Barcelona, Adrian? Um, I think that
1: I was just looking at sort of what's been happening with the squad of Real Madrid and sort of their results versus Barcelona and how it's almost like a flip of how we used to view the teams, you know, like Real Madrid was the one that was spending crazy money on finished products and you know, not necessarily having all of the success. I mean, they won the Champions League a million times, but you sort of understand what I'm saying. There's a huge dominance period from Barcelona where they had the best player in the world, and they had all these sort of young players waiting in the wings. And now you look at Real Madrid with Schuermeni, Camavinga, Rodrigo, Vinicius, Valverde, et cetera. It's almost like a flip. Plus, yeah, Hendrik Camavinga, we'll talk about later. And then they also have Karim Benzema, the Ballon d'Or winner there as well. So it was almost like a flip in some respects, but obviously not a complete flip because Real Madrid was still winning things all along the way. But it was just sort of interesting to see almost like a role reversal and how things are going on there. So that's that's all I'll say to end off that Barcelona thing. Yeah,
0: because in adding to what you said, because Barcelona always had the La Masia Academy, right? They would use their academy players, and they would bring in also one star here and there, and they would win trophies. Now it seems like Real Madrid is not necessarily using academy players. These players that you just mentioned, they're not from the Real Madrid Academy, right? They're all players that were signed at a young age. Vinicius, Rodrigo, Chormeni, Camavinga, uh, Valverde. But... It almost seems like the, the tables have turned right there. And Real Madrid is enjoying more success now. And I think they're going to win La Liga. And then let's still stay with the Spanish Giants. Another one that got knocked out of the Champions League. And that is Atletico Madrid. They're out after a crazy game against Bayer and towards the end, missing a PK. So who wants to go on that one first? Uh, what's up with Simeone? Struggling in La Liga? Struggling in the Champions League. Definitely not getting fired from the looks of it. But I don't know, man. It it, it almost... It's kind of odd because we, we often claim that La Liga is perhaps the second best league in the world or third, right? Premier League's clear, in my opinion. But I think, if I'm not mistaken, besides Real Madrid, all the Spanish giants are knocked out of the group stage, aren't they? is going to the Europa League, Barcelona, and Atletico Madrid. Am I wrong?
2: Yeah, no. Uh, and I saw a weird stat, though, around Atletico Madrid. I wish I had the tweet in front of me because, I mean, something that Simeone's always done really well ever since he took over Atletico Madrid was was in Europe. I mean, he started in the Europa League. He then he moved on to the Champions League, obviously going to two finals. But he's also, like, e- each year he was in there, he had decent runs. At, at, like, almost it looked like bare minimum quarterfinals. And then the recent seasons, it's it's been a bit of a struggle. I mean, in 2017, he slipped down to the Europa League, went on and won that competition. So it was kind of like, I don't know, almost like a no harm, no foul. But he's, he's really struggled in Europe pretty much since then. And this one is it's a, it's a little disappointing just because this, one, this is probably one of the weaker groups that he didn't make it out of. There were some other tricky groups that when he's in 2017, when he slipped down to third. But in all honesty, and all of us came on here, I don't think anyone had Atletico Madrid not making it through. They had Club Bruges who was expected to finish in the basement, Bayer Leverkusen, who had a dreadful start to their season, Porto, who's looked pretty good. We all kind of thought that they were going to get through as well, but it's just, it's tough. And and in La Liga the last few years, it's kind of been the same. There's been really rocky starts to the, to their season where they've kind of were on the outside looking in in the top four and then they ended up battling on and, and obviously com- coming in. And obviously there was the one season where they went on to win the entire thing, which was a incredible run, but... Consistency seemed like a bit of an issue for Simeone in the past few seasons. You don't really know what you're going to get year in year out. So like I just said only a few seasons ago they were Le- La Liga winners and the, they were in the Champions League finals and now they're going to the Europa League and they have like they have a 7-2-2 record right now. So they're not doing too bad in La Liga considering pretty sure last year at this stage they were they they were far worse, but again, I mean I just think the number one conversation about Simeone is just is just change is, is, is that is this cycle kind of coming to an end I still like cholo uh, it'd, it'd be tough to see him leave but this is a, this is really disappointing especially just looking at the the group i I don't know what the excuses but, are Josh one question do you think he's the problem I don't think he's the problem I don't know if he's the problem because he it's hard I don't know like I, I don't know if he's a problem or not because there's other there's other there's other ways to play the game that Simeone just has tried in the past and that's where I think the consistency somewhat comes in there is he's tried to evolve. He's tried to get into an attack-minded way of play, and then it's just as soon as things don't really go right, he panics and just reverts back to what he knows, what he's comfortable with, which is which is fine. So it's hard to imagine what a new manager with new ideas could potentially do to this group. I think I think Simeone in this squad is good enough every season to compete, to finish top four, and in all honesty, when you're in a league with Barcelona and in Real Madrid, I mean, you really want top three. And I, I don't think Simeone has ever finished anywhere outside of the top three, at least in, in very recent years. Someone correct me well, if I'm wrong. we've
0: seen him have bad seasons and come back from it, right? We've even seen him go to the Europa League in the past and win it. Yeah. Um, I don't know, because look at it this way. Let's say they finish in fifth or sixth place in La Liga. They don't have a good season there, but they win the Europa League, which is possible. They will have won a continental trophy and they will be in the Champions League next season. Is that a bad season? And they maybe compete for the Copa del Rey?
2: It, it's I, not, but there's also the flip. The, 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 in a week's time, they could potentially lose to Porto and, and Leverkusen could beat Club Rouge, So they would be sitting in dead last place in that group with no European football in the new year. And I think that would be a big concern for Madrid fans.
0: Yeah, well, I guess we'll, it's more of a wait and see situation. I don't think he's necessarily the problem, and the
2: players still seem to like him. He no, I, the- and I didn't mean to say that Simeone is the problem. It's 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 just it, it, like I said in in recent seasons, and in, including this one, it's just kind of hard to know what you're going to get. Like even the season that they won the title at the very end, in the last like 10 games, they were far con- from convincing. It was the, the three, it was basically down to them and Madrid going, or Barcelona going for it, I can't remember, and they were all tossing away points. I just, I, I don't, I can't really explain what it is. They have a, a certain style, and to be honest, in, in the game that we just saw, they probably should have won. If you watched that last highlight, they got lucky at the end. Carrasco probably should have had a better penalty. If not, Sal's hit the crossbar. And then add insult to injury, Ronaldo had an open net and he put it off Carrasco and out. So if you think about it, if that would have went in, they'd be sitting in a position to get a win at um, Porto and they could potentially be moving on. So it's, it's fine mar- margins, but this isn't the first time it's happened. And I just don't know. Like it's not really the players that you're going to blame. I mean, you have Chau Felix in there who's not playing You have You have different, different players. It's just, I don't think they're going to going to be the ones who get the boot. I think more than likely at this stage, 11 years in, they're going to look at Simeone and probably look to have a discussion.
0: Um, Adrian, any thoughts on this? Because I do want to move on to another Argentine that's not Simeone, one that's doing well.
2: Uh, No,
1: not really. I think we've had this conversation before. My stance is still, I love Diego Simeone. I don't think that he deserves to get the sack, but there's been a few years of this now. So I think that you can at least have that conversation of is this still the best fit for each other, both between Atletico and Simeone? And I think that it's worth at least talking about that at this
0: point. So the other Argentine that I want to talk about that's doing well, anyone want to guess who it is? No? Josh, Adrian?
1: Uh, it's got to be... Does this, is he uh, does he play in Paris? Is his name Lionel? Yeah, you heard of him? I've heard of him, yeah, I think so. I think I heard that he's, uh, he's a decent uh, attacker. So you go ahead and fill the people in.
0: Yeah, he he's done all right throughout his career. He's scored a goal or two here and there. But Lionel Messi, three goals, four assists since the Ballon d'Or, having a great season. If I'm not mistaken, he has 11 goals and 12 assists in 16 matches this season already. Definitely a different version of Messi when compared to last season of PSG, even though I don't think he was bad for PSG last season. Uh, some people, I think, over over-exaggerated, like trying to, you know, more of like the... Messi, Ronaldo fans battling it out, but Messi's looking a lot like his old self, not prime Messi, but good old Messi, leading into the World Cup. So who wants to take this one first? What's up with that? Is Messi Is Messi—is Messi a man on a mission right now to bring that trophy home? Is it about, this is my question, and you guys can pick whoever wants to answer this first. Is this form because Messi is still Messi, or is this all about the World Cup? Is Messi just trying to keep things going to the World Cup, get good form, get it going, win this thing, and, and move on from it?
2: What's going on with Messi and PSG right now? Josh, take it from here. I mean, I want to throw this out, too, because I think it's it's fair. And I mean this in the most respectful way. It is Liga. Like, I'm a big fan of Liga. I watch a ton of Liga. But PSG's team is so far better than any other team in the league. Right now, Lons sit in second place. And they have three of the best players in the world, Mbappe and Messi and Neymar. And yes, Messi's playing playing well. I don't think any better than we would have seen him over at Barcelona in, in, a, in my opinion, a, a lesser league. He should be doing this. But maybe, maybe it just took a little bit of time after the first season to get going. And I think, I think Neymar is a big reason. I think if you're asking me a player who is looking at the World Cup, whose form clearly replicates that, it's Neymar. I think Neymar's playing out of his skin right now. I think that's giving a little confidence between the three. But Messi should be doing this, in, in my opinion. I think all three of them should be doing this in this league. It's just, it's very, very unbalanced. And I don't know, by the end of this season, I I mean, I don't know if, what the point total would be. But PSG are going to dominate. But um, I get what you're saying. And World Cup's coming up. Messi's in good form. That's that's great. But, he, I mean, again, I don't know, Adrian, or Felipe if you agree, um, but he should be doing this. I want to add this. one
0: thing. I want to add one thing before Adrian takes over the mic, too. It's... It's no coincidence that Neymar and Messi are having a great season right now. And I do think it's a big, the big reason is the World Cup. I think we we, we sort of saw that in the Copa America in 2021, how much these two players wanted to win for their national teams and um, how much it meant to them. You saw Neymar. Neymar has won almost everything in his career. To see him cry after losing to Argentina, to see how emotional Messi was to win it i think this world cup to them means more than anything and i think most of the form and the focus right now for both of these players neymar and messi is the 2022 world cup
1: yeah i think that i think that's a massive massive thing like both of them want to be in tip-top shape and they are going into it as far as form goes um and i think that to sort of talk about messi's first season in psg and how it wasn't the best of his career not even close to it that was a huge huge change like I'm telling you, I've been in Paris around this time of year, and it is cold, man. It is vastly different from what he was dealing with in Barcelona. So that new lifestyle, and then on top of it, just sort of the mental aspect of leaving his, basically his boyhood club, the club that he grew up in and became the man that he is and the player that he is, to leave and how emotional he was, it must have just been horrendous. And to see sort of what was going on with the club as well, how it was sort of just in the dirt at that time, I think that mentally that must have been very very difficult for him to sort of take on as a player and to sort of comprehend and it was the first time he played in new surroundings new training new teammates etc cetera, etc cetera. so i think now we're seeing just a messy who's used to his surroundings who's very very motivated who wants to win the Champions League with PSG. I know that there's talks of, for as many talks as there are of him returning to Barcelona, there's just as many talks about him extending with PSG potentially. So I think that he's happy at PSG now. I think that he's very, very motivated. And now that he has that dynamic with Neymar, especially because those two have been popping off. Now Mbappe's is really starting to get into the fold. I mean, Mbappe's numbers are pretty crazy as well. Um, yeah, it's looking good. And at this point, PSG's always been that sort of team where if they can make it work, they're going to be a Champions League contender, right? And so with them in this sort of form, does this make them one of the favorites? Or do you guys still see maybe a Bayern or a Manchester City sort of above PSG at the moment? Filippo? Josh? Anyone? Josh, I'll leave it for you.
2: Um, I don't know. I, I, don't, I just feel like there's like when you're looking at teams that you'd expect to go on it's psg and it's city and i just feel like they find a way to butcher it i don't know like it they're they're so talented they're so so i I just don't know if it's the experience or or what exactly it is but i mean now if you're looking at it with with basically like messi and like neymar i mean they do have the experience to, to go on i mean with holland i don't know i'd probably lean a little bit more towards like like a city I guess, but I don't I don't know. Adrian, you, what,
0: what do you think? No, look, I'll just give my quick thought on it. I don't think PSG is going to win the Champions League. I just don't think it's going to happen. Uh, it's it's kind of weird because it's not even really a, a personnel analysis or a tactical analysis here. That's not really what we're doing right now. It's just one of those teams that... It's almost like that thing I said last year when they were playing Real Madrid. I said, when push comes to shove, how much your jersey weighs matters. And I don't know if that is a term they even use in Europe or in English. But in Brazil, we talk about the weight of a jersey, right? When you're playing a big club, when that happens, you just see that club shine over the other one. And I just don't see that with PSG. And I, I think even Man City has been having this issue, right? That's why you see these teams, you are know, like they bottle against Real Madrid. Well, that Real Madrid jersey is just scary heavy, right? When it push comes to shove, that 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 thing's win games. It's crazy, but it does happen. You see that a lot in South America when you play Boca Juniors, River Plate, Palmeiras, Flamengo. Smaller teams crumble no matter what players they have. And we see that in World Cups too. Like uh, when anyone faces Brazil, Argentina, France, if it's not the big boys, most of the time the opponent is scared of who they're facing literally because of the jersey they're wearing. And I think PSG has been struggling with that. That's part of it. Because if you look on paper and talent, Their front three is arguably the best front three in the world. It is. And I guess
1: the question, I guess the better way to sort of formulate this question is with PSG, or sorry, with Messi and Neymar in this sort of inspired form currently, if they continue on after the World Cup, because that's sort of the big asterisk after this, right? Do they continue on with this form after the World Cup? It remains to be seen. But I guess you could say that about most teams. But for these two in particular, with that sort of motivation that you were speaking about, Filippo, for both Brazil and Argentina, it applies a little bit more. So with Messi in this sort of inspired form, can he drag PSG, for lack of a better word, through to the finals of the UEFA Champions League and potentially win it? It does feel like it would be their best chance with him in this sort of form, because we saw what he did with Barcelona and how they have struggled to get out of the group stage without him. Um, So, yeah, it's definitely an interesting conversation. But I still think that if I'm to choose one team on this day to win the Champions League, I think that I would still go with Real Madrid just because they have that mystique to them. But anyway, we're getting we're getting off track here. I apologize. I I took it on a bit of a tangent there.
0: I, I would say I would argue Bayern, Bayern too, I think. There's high odds of Bayern Munich winning this Champions League. Real Madrid, even though I think what's going to happen in the knockout rounds for Real Madrid is many are going to forget how important, not forget, they're going to realize how crucial Casemiro was for this team. Not as flashy as the other players, but they're going to figure that out very soon. No matter how good Chouameni is, they're going to see that when the knockout rounds come. But I think we're kind of like going off topic a little bit. We need to talk about one more Champions League team before we go into Endrik and then we go to the MLS playoffs, and that is Juventus. That is also a team that we talked about, the jersey being heavy, right? Being a historic team, a legendary team. But What's up with Juventus, man? Freaking Allegri and his soccer terrorism is just completely ruining the team. Are they just not good enough, maybe? The players are just not good enough? I don't know. I know they're missing players like Pogba and Chiesa, but Juve have looked like straight-up crap all season, <clears throat> and that includes the Serie A and the Champions League, including a loss to Maccabi Haifa, right? They lost to Maccabi Haifa. Adrian, what are your thoughts on Juventus? What's going on with the Italian Giants? I think that their squad is good enough.
1: Um, I think that the one main issue that they have is that right side where Quadrado is looking a little bit poor this season. He's looking his age. He's not really offering much down that side, and he's easily exposed because he doesn't track back as quickly I think that that's the one big area where they have an issue. I like Kostic on the left. I like everywhere else on the pitch, basically. I think they have great options in midfield, especially... When Pogba comes back, if, you know, he resembles the Pogba of old, that is so dominant for the French national team, at least. (laughs) And previously at Juventus, I guess we can say as well. If Chiesa comes back and he takes that right side, maybe it will be an improvement. But I think their biggest thing is just the organization of the team. And that comes down to Allegri. He just cannot organize this team very well at all. There's constantly massive areas, corridors, that Benfica in particular were able to exploit. Now, of course, I think that a lot of, you know, especially in speaking about this last match, everyone talks about how bad Juventus was, but not many people speak about how good Benfica was and how they have exploited Juventus time and time again each time they face them. Um, so I think a lot of credit needs to go to Roger Schmidt. That's 19 matches unbeaten for Benfica now, which is just crazy. They're one of the few teams in the in Europe right now. I think it's PSG's undefeated, Napoli's undefeated, and Benfica are undefeated in the top five, six leagues, if you want to look at it that way, because Real Madrid did indeed lose. So... Yeah, I mean, Juventus, I think the only way forward is with a different manager, but it's not really going to happen because it seems like they aren't going to sack him and they're going to wait until the end of the season. Otherwise, they're going to have to pay 25 million euros. So they're kind of stuck with this guy. They're stuck with this guy who has these ancient tactics. And by the way, what he was saying after the match about how like, you know, you can't always see this as a failure. I'm not going to talk about this as a failure because in football, there are losses. That is like the most like I'm going to start using that excuse whenever I mess up, you know, like this wasn't a failure. There's also losses in life. So, yeah. (laughs) you,
0: you you do that. That's a good excuse always for if anyone here has a wife or girlfriend, you know how you're always wrong. Yeah. You just, you just say that it's like, it's like, Hey, in life you make mistakes. And then, (laughs) <laughs> you can't be you can, mad can at be, me for it. <laughs> you can use that excuse at work too. You completely mess up everything and the, the company goes bankrupt. Then you just go and you say, hey, you know, in life, bankruptcies happen. Did exactly. So?
1: Exactly. And it, him saying that, you know, losses happen. It's like, well, as the manager, your job is to avoid those things as much as possible, which you haven't been able to do. If you look at their, their away form right now, I think that from... Across all competitions, they've lost every single away game except for one draw, which I'm. Oh no, they beat Torino away. Sorry. So I'm going to have to look into that. I'm going to fact check myself um, while Josh takes it away here and sort of gives his take on things because Juve is looking looking strange. Like, it, what do you, Josh? What do you think the expectations are for Juve this season at this point?
2: I mean, they dug themselves such a hole. I think they need they need Champions League football. I think don't think there's a if ands, or buts about it. This is another big club that would, would have loved for the Super League to happen. So, I mean, it just screams, hey, financial troubles. I mean, all the swap deals in the past with like Barcelona like this. They need money. The best way to get money is to qualify for the Champions League is just a fact. I would say the goal bare minimum is somehow try to get your form going in the league, get into the top four. I'd say that's probably the number one priority if I'm a Juventus supporter. After that, maybe try to do something in the Europa League. I mean, there is still some good money on the table. We, we, we saw a lot of that with uh Barcelona last year in the Europa League they I, I can't remember it off the top of my head but they were doing like calculations being like if they would have lost in the in the round of 16 but went on to win the Europa League like they could have been like relatively close I don't have the numbers but if Juve can go on some type of deep run that would probably pretty be pretty nice but on top of that they, there's no guarantee that they can even do that in the Europa League there's some pretty good competition in the Europa League I was so, about to say that Josh. Yeah like there's there's a ton I mean the Europa League will be probably just as fun if not more fun to watch than it was last season. So in reality, unless you guys disagree, I think the only number one goal for Juventus this season is should be focused on the league and it should be getting to the top four. Yeah, and, and to add to
0: all of that is the Serie A has become such a tough league, right? Um, we can all obviously argue in terms of quality, the Premier League being ahead, but I don't think there's any league in the world with so many top-heavy teams, right? So balanced on the top eight or so, right? You look at the table, Napoli has been amazing this season. Then you got AC Milan, Lazio's a big problem too. Atalanta has been great. Roma has been playing the Mourinho ball, which is always tough to beat, which is kind of funny. I'm looking at it here. Yeah, Mourinho is now ahead of Juventus. They're in fifth place, and Juve's in eighth place now in the in the Serie A. The question becomes for Juventus is, they're going to keep playing the Serie A now, And they're going to probably be in the Europa League. They're not guaranteeing the Europa League yet, but I think they'll qualify to the Europa League. What happens now is they're going to have to pick, essentially, where will it be easier for them to qualify to the Champions League? Is it to win the Europa League or to try to get top four in the Serie A? At one point, they're going to have to make that choice around February or so, whenever the matchups start after the World Cup. I don't know anymore, man. Uh, I would say in the past it was easier to win the Europa League than it is to stay top four in a top five league outside of Ligue 1. But the Europa League is looking freaking tough. Atletico Madrid, Barcelona, Man United, Arsenal. Um, it's not looking easy. And and you're going to see a lot of these teams, especially Man United and Arsenal, right? Um, like Man United, their best bet to make it to the Champions League might even be win the Europa League because... I don't know if they can stay top four in the Premier League. Arsenal's leading the Premier League, but who the hell knows? They they bottle it a lot. So it's going to be tough to win the Europa League. I don't know. I, I think if I'm a Juve fan, like Josh sort of said, if I finish the season and I'm playing the Champions League in the 2023-2024 season, I'll consider it a success this year.
2: Yeah, I think success is a bit of a, a strong word. But yes, I mean, uh, I'd say salvageable. With, well, with, success with what for the current
0: situation they're in, right? Not yeah. not from the start, but like if you look at it right now, what's happening right now, if they make it to the Champions League, it's a successful season. If you look at when the season started, no, it's, it's, it's not a good – it's like the bare minimum, right? Like the minimum of the minimum. NBA fans, the wait is over.
3: Basketball is back, so tip off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings up to 100% with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt-in, and place a stepped-up same-game parlay today. With payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Lately, I've been listening to a lot of tactical yanks, and it's been great. One reason it's been great to listen to, because I use my Raycon wireless earbuds to do it. Raycon's Everyday Earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. With optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, these earbuds are so comfortable and they will not budge, trust me. Raycon's give you 8 hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life. Raycon's are priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycon's Everyday Earbuds have over 50,000 5-star reviews. Raycon earbuds have three sound profiles so you can have a personalized listening experience as well as an awareness mode where you can hear the world around you. Whether you're doing the most intense exercise or just sitting around, Raycon earbuds are perfect for you. Go to buyraycon.com TBPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com TBPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com TBPN.
0: But... Guys, I think that's enough of Champions League for today. Um, we do have to talk about Hendrik very quickly. Because I even, I even joked with you, Adrian, right? What did I send you the other day? It was in the morning, I think. I sent you um, a tweet that it was a report from... Fabrizio. Well, Fabrizio Romano too, but I sent you... Oh, here it is. I'll read it. Real Madrid scouts went to Brazil twice to watch Endrick, and their scouting report was clear we have to sign him. Um, And that just came out now. But if anyone's listening to this podcast for months, we could have told them six months ago or more, right? So um, we could have told them that this kid is someone you do have to sign. Now, look, uh, I think we're all old enough here, even though as far as I know, we're all fairly young as well, but we're all old enough to know that Just because a kid is killing it at the youth level and he comes in and he's killing it, let's say, in the Brazilian league, it doesn't mean he's going to become the world-class talent that his potential is, right? He could go to Real Madrid and flop. But what I do know is I've never seen such a dominant player in Brazil in my life at this age, more than Neymar, right? Hendrik now has around 100 professional minutes since he came up for Palmeiras which is the number one team in the league right now. They're about to win the league next Wednesday. And he has two goals and one assist. And when he's on the field, you see the difference of him compared to other players. He's arguably the best center forward Palmeiras has right now at age 16. And this is not a scrub team. This is the two-time Libertadores champion, the Brazilian league leaders. This kid, if he develops properly, we are probably seeing another phenomenon. And do you, you guys know what I mean by phenomenon, right? I think. Ronaldo, of course. Yeah, like a Ronaldo-like player. He's just so direct with the ball. You see him playing with grown men, and he's like pushing grown men out of the way. So explosive, so fast, great dribbling, and clinical in front of the goal. He had a brace over the weekend. Palmeiras was down 1-0. He comes in at halftime and completely changes the game. Scores two goals, and even the third goal that was off a corner, the play that led to the corner, he put Ronnie... On a 1v1 situation with the goalkeeper. The kid is just too good. I think Real Madrid's gonna pay 60 million for him. I think it's gonna happen. And I, I don't know if he'll have an immediate impact. And you can correct me there because I think you you follow this, Adrian. Vinicius and Rodrigo took roughly three seasons to really get it going. So as long as Real Madrid is patient with Endrick, this is a generational talent, right? We're talking about a kid here that could be potentially a Ballon d'Or winner, right? A, a guy that could be like the Messi or the Ronaldo of his generation alongside other superstars like Erling Haaland and Mbappe that are a bit older than him. Well, seven years older than him, to be quite honest. But, yeah, I, I mean, this kid is very very much special. And anyone that wants to watch, Palmeiras plays next Wednesday. And now, after destroying Atlético Paranaense, Hendrik is expected to start.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I think what also sort of sets him apart, Filippo, is... You know, that video that we went through and we sort of looked at his backstory and the conditions that he grew up in and how, you know, there wasn't even a guarantee that he would even have food at night, how that sort of killed his dad emotionally and how Endrick really, you know, he took it in stride and said, you know what, I'm going to become a pro footballer and I'm going to ensure that we have food, don't have to worry about it. So he's an incredibly, incredibly mature kid already at 16 years old. And like you said, he, lo- he doesn't look out of place when he's on the pitch at all. He definitely fits in. His game sense is great. And if he is to go to Real Madrid with, I think people should know, and I think we mentioned this previously, his agent is the same one that helped Vinicius get to Real Madrid. So there's already sort of a leg up there. Or at least that was the case. I don't know if things have changed in the last month or two. That was the case. And so if you picture him going to Real Madrid and having Rodrigo and Vinicius, guys who have been there before, who've had to acclimate to Spain, who could really
0: guide him, it just seems like the perfect fit right now. Doesn't it? and to add to what you said, so, for example, Neymar is a generational talent, right? But we've always talked about how Neymar had the attitude problem, right? Neymar is a pop star, as a, a soccer player pop star, right? That's what he is. He likes to dress fancy, bleach his hair, um, <laughs> Adrian's saying the Justin Bieber of Brazil, sort of, right? That's what he is. He's a, he's a pop star. Henrik is not a pop star, That's not his personality. You even see him. He's just always... He's even a little bit boring, right? He's even a little bit boring. He's like a very serious kid. Now, we don't know how fame and money can change someone. He's going to have to stay very level-headed. But I've seen plenty of interviews from his dad. He has a great family, hardworking family. I, I, I I think they know what they're doing. I think they're on the right path. And they have good people helping them. So as long as that goes on... The talent is there, and you see the highlights, what this kid was doing. And again, the highlights you see from him on the youth level, he's 16, playing with 20-year-olds. But he's, like, pushing these kids around and throwing them away. You remember that go Adrian, that we saw, that he's just, like, botting this 20-year-old and throwing him to the ground before he scores?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. It's ridiculous. He's, like, he's a force of nature, basically, this kid. And he's not even that big in stature, but his natural strength is just insane and just to sort of i'll give it back to you in a sec but just for people to sort of visualize what he's like like his his personality it's a lot closer to erling holland than it is to anyone else as far as the determination and how no matter how many goals he scores it's not enough and he thinks that he always has to work harder etc cetera, etc cetera. so he definitely has that right sort of elite mentality that will take him places
0: he's also more technical than erling Haaland. I don't. Uh, you can see it in the dribbling ability. Holland doesn't have the dribbling ability. Endrick has. Endrick has a dribbling ability that r- reminds us a lot of Ronaldo phenomenon, uh, where he's dribbling with the ball. People are trying to hit him. They're kicking him and try, and he doesn't fall. He just keeps going. And he's a lefty, just like Erlen Holland and Adriano was. So again, it's a it's a player that it's definitely going to be fun to watch him progress as he goes. And I think we're going to. Probably see an announcement very soon of him being sold to Real Madrid. I think that's what's going to happen. And if you are a football manager fan, he's going to be fun to have in the game, man. I'll tell you that. I play a lot of football manager. Do you guys play football manager? Adrian, Josh? No. No?
1: I did previously in university, but I got way too addicted to it. And I had to stop because my my grades were suffering. So I, I yeah. haven't touched it since. It's It's too addicting for me.
0: I, I, I can agree with that. I can agree with that. Usually w- when when my girlfriend's around, it becomes a little bit harder because she won't let me play for too long. But if you let me, I'll play 10 hours in a day. <laughs> I'll, I'll not sleep. But if you're a football manager fan, watch out for Hendrik and Palmeiras. It'll be lots of fun. The potential for him in the game will probably be very high. But let's move on to the MLS playoffs to close off the podcast, right? Um, and Josh, why don't we start with you? There's two matchups. The conference finals are here. We have LAFC versus Austin and Philadelphia versus New York City FC. Philadelphia and New York City FC, they faced each other last year. And anyone that doesn't remember, Philly lost to NYC FC, mostly, in my opinion, because Philly was missing seven or eight starters due to COVID. Which matchup, Josh, are you looking forward to the most here and why? And then give us your predictions, too, and I'll give you mine soon.
2: That's tough. I mean, the, the storyline that you just said, like the, the union were so good last year, then the, co- the COVID hit them. And then NYCFC won that match and went on to win the whole thing. I think that's intriguing. But if, if, if you gave me tickets to one of the games, I feel like I'd want to go see Austin against LAFC. I think that those two had tremendous seasons. They have real match winners on that side. Uh, there's also, you know, a Canadian on the team, the last Canadian standing in the playoffs. That's Maxine Crapo on LAFC. Uh, but I'm, like, I'm torn. I, I, my gut's telling me that the winner is going to come out of the West. I, I, I personally am kind of leaning a little bit towards Austin. Uh, but all in all, I, I think they're both going to be two very, very good semifinals. Uh, I, I think LAFC, because they had such an intriguing season that they were so good at the beginning when the expectations weren't that high, they spent money that they probably didn't need to for big names to come in and do almost nothing. Uh, lost their form a little bit, still held on. I wasn't even sure if they were going to get past the galaxy. They they, they they snuck through. I just think Austin's been a lot more consistent throughout. I think they, you know what you're going to get. Um, Drusy being basically an MVP caliber player. I'm going Austin, and then out of the East, I'm going Philly. I think they will get their redemption at home, and then I think that'll be a tasty final. But I'm going to go. I'm going to go Austin. And uh, and you also told me because I think no because no Austin can't hold host the final. So the ho- the finals because the finals going to be hosted by. LAFC, if they make it to the final, or if it's not LAFC, it's going to be Philly. So um, either way, I still think I'm gonna I'm gonna go against the grain. I'm gonna go with Austin FC. What do you think, intact Yeah,
0: I've been saying Austin will win the league for a while. I, I've been saying Austin's gonna win MLS Cup ever since uh, LAFC built right the the super team when they got all those signings. I said that Austin's gonna win it. There's a tweet somewhere saying that. I'll find it. Uh, I still have Austin winning it, and I've been to Q2 Stadium a few times. I love that the atmosphere that the Austin fans provide. Lots of fun, um, and it's almost like my second team in MLS. I really like Austin. I really like also green, same color as Palmettos. I have them winning. I think they'll win. Uh, it's all about how they sustain LAFC defensively, right? Because Austin at times can be a bit shaky defensively. They'll be playing away against LAFC. They did beat LAFC in L.A. earlier in the season. We'll see. I have Austin advancing, and I think Philly will advance to the final. Uh, I don't like the way Jim Curtin sets up this team. It's a very defensive-oriented side. Great defense, but defense wins trophies. And I think Philly will make it to the final here, and it'll be Austin and Philly, and it'll be an interesting game because Austin does like to attack and score goals, and Philly likes to defend mostly um, so we'll see how that goes Adrian I know you, you. the only thing you watched was the Montreal game right
1: yeah Montreal is basically the only team I watch in MLS so I don't have a ton to add here um, yeah I'm gonna go they for Austin they played better
0: than New York to be honest
1: they did but it's just that defensive fragility in that game, which was a little bit surprising. It was almost as if they got anxious and they wanted to get too many men forward and they constantly kept on getting caught out. It was uh, it was tough to watch. It was an unfortunate end to such a great season, um, but I'm looking forward to this sort of new direction that Montreal is going in and looking forward to next season and hopefully I'll be able to get out to a few more games. It's a little bit more complicated, but yeah, I, I think it was an unfortunate end, but overall, I don't think that the morale is too low in Montreal right now. I think that they got a lot of people on board and uh, I'm looking forward to what Nancy can do with this team again.
0: All right. So that's the MLS playoffs. But Adrian, I know you didn't watch, but for the sake of it, you got to give us your picks. I'm going with uh, I'm going with Austin to
1: win it all because of uh, Matthew McConaughey.
0: All right, all right, all right. So we'll close it right there. Thank you very much. Ter- thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Don't forget to leave a review if you'd like and keep an eye out share this podcast with your friends your mom your aunt your uncle anyone you don't like it doesn't matter and we will be doing world cup group previews we'll be doing every single group okay that's the announcement thank you for listening everyone have a great weekend bye-bye